Have you ever just wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? The thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world just a little bit more like Jesus than we found it. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering on my friends in the pursuit of making God known through their unique calling. So buckle up because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. I'm your host, Rebecca Dotson-George, and welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to another bonus episode of the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. It is our last week of She Will Not Be Moved, remaining in the hope of the gospel during hard seasons. And I'm so excited to talk about my word of the year with Emily today, which is the word steadfast and what that looks like as a follower of Jesus. And so join us for our last talk, our last week together in this study as we talk about this word, steadfast. Hey friends, we are so excited to be back with you for week five of She Will Not Be Moved, remaining in the hope of the gospel during hard seasons. We have had so much fun over the last few weeks recording all of this content for you and, uh, I'm a little sad that it's the last week. It feels crazy that we're talking about steadfast, which is uh, what I feel like we've been building up to this whole study, which is really fun. And so, Uh, If this is the first conversation that you have listened to, I want to back up and say that we are so excited to have you here listening to this content for, for the study. And really, this conversation is what, again, we've been building up to. I feel like the things that we have talked about in the weeks previous, so things like reconciliation, holiness, living above reproach, All of these things are sort of the outpouring of what it looks like to live in a steadfast way. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you have not accessed all the content for this study, here is how you can do that. So uh, Emily, who is with us today, has built a 47-page workbook that walks with you throughout this whole study for five weeks that you can download for free over on... um, Instagram is the best place to start. So if you go over to my profile at Rebecca Dotson George and click the link in my bio, you can click a button that says uh, sign up for this. You will not be moved study. And then it'll take you straight to a landing page where you can sign up and access the book. And then there are web pages built out on both of my websites, either do the thing or Rebecca Dotson George.com where you can not only download the workbook, you can listen to our weekly Instagram live teachings and you can listen to all the bonus episodes that coincide with each week. So we hope that you go access all that content that will walk with you as you do the study. And this week we are talking about being steadfast and what that means. And I've been so excited about this conversation because my word of the year is steadfast. And so God's been teaching me a lot about Um, what this looks like as I live it out in my life. And so as we've started many times these conversations, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be steadfast or to live in a steadfast way. And so some of kind of the defining of that could be to continue, to persevere, to stand firm or be stable or not to stray from the hope of the gospel. And I love that that points back to our subtitle of the study, remaining in the hope of the gospel during hard times. And so that is really this, 
this conversation is, is kind of the outpouring of that. And so, uh, Emily, I'd love for you to jump off and talk a little bit about what does this practically look like in our lives? How do we live in a steadfast way? I think it definitely starts with these rhythms of being a part of the church, whether that is Mm. um, standing firm in God's word. And in order to do that, spending that daily time in God's word so that we know it well, our prayer lives, walking with believers in community, all of those things are not just quick answers that we like to give. It's because it literally is a lifeline for us to be able to count on each other, to count on God on a daily basis. I love that. And there are several instances in scripture where the word steadfast is used, whether it is talking about the love of God, which we're going to get to in a minute, or what happens in our lives that grows steadfastness or the opportunity to grow steadfastness in us. And one of those instances is James one. And a lot of you are going to be familiar with this passage. And it's the one that talks about how the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. And I'm going to read just a couple verses at the beginning of James one. So it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. Verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. I love that. And it will be given him. And then it talks about asking in faith without doubting. And the thing that, I always come back to when I talk about this verse is that sounds really great in, you know, maybe an easy season, definitely not 2020, right? (laughs) And I think we've all had our own version probably of our faith being tested this year, certainly, and, and really the opportunity for that steadfastness to grow in our lives. And, and I'll share a little bit of my story and then I'll let Emily share a little bit of hers So we have walked a similar path in that we both got married about a year and a half ago. And um, when I got married, I, so I married a pastor, which most of you know, and I moved about nine hours away from everything that I've ever known. I became a pastor's wife, started a new job. Uh, God was um, preparing my heart to start this podcast. And there's just There's a lot going on in that. And it was a beautiful season, but it was a very, very hard season. I I would argue one of the hardest seasons of my life, not because it wasn't joyful, not because there wasn't the newness and the excitement of marriage, um, which is amazing. But there was also the added pressure, stress, et cetera, of this whole new phase of life. And a few months after I moved and we got married, I started leading women here and I led a group through the book, None Like Him by Jen Wilkin. And if you've read the book, you know that it's about 10 different attributes of God. And so it's things like he's eternal, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, et cetera. And really, as my whole world got flipped upside down, I'm leading these women through the study about seeing more of who God is and, and looking at these attributes and what does God word God's word have to say about them? And what does that mean for us? And almost every week 
it was like God was saying like, this is who I am and this is what that looks like in your life. And for me, it was so powerful and grew steadfastness in me and built my faith, um, better understanding who God is and what I'm anchoring my hope and, and my faith and my trust to. And um, that, so that was a really powerful study for me. And God knew um, just that my heart needed that in that season that was really, really tough. And so, Emily, I'd be curious, what have you seen in your own life? What evidence have you seen of this testing of your faith producing steadfastness? This past week, I had one of my girlfriends, I had shared several prayer requests with them, with a group of um, close girlfriends, and one of them turned to me and said, how are you even functioning? I don't understand how you're carrying all of this right now. And um, and that's valid, and there's been a lot of frustrations and tears and certainly breakdowns, but I have never known the peace of Jesus Mm-hmm. quite like I do now. I trust God more than I ever have. And I've spent more time with him than I ever have. I think sometimes, whether it's the fact that we're, a lot of us are working from home right now, but also just a place of being at the end of yourself. Um, God uses that to help us spend more time with him. Yeah. This past week, I asked my husband kind of some habits that he had seen in me this year. And he said, I've seen you in your Bible more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And that was something I had prayed for and hoped for over this year. And that has just helped me to not be paralyzed by my circumstances. And something we have to remember is we're going to find a stability. We're going to find a sense of stability, no matter where we look. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, unbelievers are going to find it in, or believers (laughs) in the struggle of sin are going to find it in money, sex, power, um, any, any type of coping mechanism that distracts you from the father. Um, so it's important to know you're going to find a sense of stability. So you just have to look for it in the place that is the most beautiful. And that is with Jesus, because when we have him to lean on and really terrible times we were freed up in a way that the earthly things don't give yes i love that which is a perfect lead in to the next part of the conversation about how god's love is steadfast and so when we look in psalm 13 which is kind of the scripture we're going to pull from i'm going to read it for us it talks about the fact that god's love is steadfast and so not only do we define this word in a way that the more we become like Jesus, this quality grows and develops in us, but also we can know and trust that our God is this as well. And that's really cool. And so I'm going to read Psalm 13 for us. It says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have my sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. I love these verses, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And man, if I, if I want something to mark my life, I want it to be 
that I've trusted in, in your steadfast love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. And, um, you know, when I think about this whole conversation, I think remembering this truth that we haven't trusted in things that pass away. We, we're not trusting in um, just the things of this world, which is really in part all we can comprehend this side of eternity. And so I think that's what sometimes when we when we study even those attributes of God, going back to that book, there's a mystery to that, mm-hmm. um, which is which is really cool. And, and sometimes we struggle with that, wanting to have it all, you know, figured out. And, and, but I think one of the mysteries of God and his character is that um, we only know him in part um, this side of eternity, but the cool thing about his steadfast love is um, it's beyond what we can even fathom Mm -hmm. this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. And that blows my mind. I can remember, I've never been so overwhelmed by the thought of that as when I went to the Holy Land Mm -hmm. and I walked a a good portion of the the Via Dolorosa, the path that that Jesus took to the cross and and also just saw a lot of the spots of, okay, this was the Mount of Olives. This was, we walked from the Mount of Olives down to the Garden of Gethsemane. We then went right in front of the gate where Jesus entered in his triumphal entry. And, and just, I've never been rocked by like, okay, this is where my savior walked. This is where he was arrested. This is where, and, and granted there, there are moments where, you know, this is where it went down or like this general area is, is where it went down, but still being, being, there's just something really special about being in the Holy land and, and seeing all of that. And, um, remembering the humanity of Jesus. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It was just such a special experience to see all of those places and, and just remember all of those words on the pages of my Bible just come to life and, um, and kind of just a whole new way for me. And so yeah. I don't know what about talking about the steadfast love of God made me think about the Holy land, but I'll talk <laughs> about the Holy land all day, every day, because it <laughs> totally changed my life. <laughs> but Emily, I'd love for you to share, you know, your thoughts about this, about the fact that God's love is steadfast. What does this mean to you? I think that everything in our life constantly changes. And I think that is a beautiful thing. We, we're seeing that right now with the change of the seasons. That's part of how God designed the world to operate. But there's a lot that shifts, you know, um, also that it talks about in James 1 being tossed by the waves. And that is something that no one is going to be immune to. But But the truth of his steadfast love is that he is never changing and neither is his love for us. Mm. We have nothing to prove in this way because we're depending on what he has done, not what we have done. So we just have a lifetime of praise to give in response. God will uphold us if we claim the promise of his steadfastness. Our souls are secure in the midst of grief, deadlines, evil, and just a really busy, loud (laughs) world. Mm -hmm. A quote um, from this passage in The Broken Way by Ann Voskamp has really Um, drawn me into this truth. It says, when your identity is in Christ, your identity is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Criticism can't change it. Failing can't shake it. Lists can't determine it. When your identity is in the rock, your identity is rock solid. 
As long as God is for you, it doesn't matter what mountains arise ahead of you. You aren't your yesterday. You aren't your messes. You aren't your failures. You aren't your brokenness. You are brave enough for today because he is. You are strong enough for what's coming because he is. And you are enough for all that he is because he always is. Wow. And that's just, that's just bringing back the whole heart of this study is if we can, if we can help just a few women and we're praying for many more than that to put their feet on the solid rock of Jesus, then we can survive the things of this world. Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote and that you bring that out. That's so good. And So the last passage that we want to talk about as it relates to steadfastness, I love. So it's 1 Peter 1, and um, Paul shares this list of areas that we are to supplement our faith with. And the cool thing about that is steadfastness is actually one of those things on that list. Um, But I think all of these things go in tandem with one another. And so I love that he puts them all together. And so... The list includes virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, and brotherly love, or I'm sorry, brotherly affection and love. And so we've asked this of ourselves, you know, several times throughout the study. Okay. When I look at scripture and I read this, what do I feel like is maybe the hardest area of all these for me? Emily, it's really funny that we have the same one. I'm not surprised. And, um, (laughs) For me in this season, I would have to say that self-control is um, probably the hardest piece for me. And, um, and the reason I say that is, you know, I think we have had the opportunity this year to ingest more content than Uh, And and I'm thinking specifically in the vein of wasting time and -hmm. being a good steward of that is is where I see Mm -hmm. this struggle in my, my own life of, I would argue more than any generation before more than any year of our lives before we have just, we've had time to ingest content and we've had the means through which to whether it's, whether it's TV, whether it's Netflix or podcasts or social media, TV, et cetera. None of these are bad things. We've said this before. We've had this talk before. Um, But I think sometimes we choose lesser things um, just because we've had, we've had the space to um, we've had the time to, and in the place of maybe building community or being with people that we love, we don't know what to build that we don't know what to spend that time on that we're used to um, being with people or being out and about. And so um, that's something that God's brought to my attention is just um, the screen time that I, that I have had and um, just stewarding my time. Well, in this year, that's, that's been a prayer of mine. And um, so in that vein of self-control, I think that has been something that, God's really been bringing to my attention and I've tried to um, do a better job of. So Mm -hmm. Emily, what you got? Mm -hmm. I would say that there's two and I'll start with self-control. That's the hardest. And then also brotherly affection. I think part of my nature and my spiritual gift of teaching is that I love knowledge. Mm 
give me all the books, give me all of the information because I love it and I love to share it. I love virtue and godliness, but it's when you it's when you go outside of that and you practice it and you flesh it out that it gets messy. But it's also a really amazing opportunity that God allows us to practice these things. So I would say my self-control areas right now that I'm focusing on is with food and also with being content with whatever money is in your hand. So it's not even that I'm spending money, but it's like in the absence of it, am I going to believe that God is enough? Uh, there's this chance, the rapper lyric that says, um, God is better than the world's best thing. And in some form or fashion, I consistently have it up somewhere in our house, whether that is a post-it note on my desk or right now it's on a dry erase board in our dining room because it constantly pulls me back to this center Within this view, um, we can realize that every gift on earth is from his overflow. Mm. It's not all the extra stuff that satisfies me in the end. So it's helpful to exercise self-control. That's why fasting exists is so that that's one reason it exists is so that we can, we can train our minds and remind our hearts that he is what satisfies us. And he does give us food and he does give us resources and gives us all these amazing things. And I think the token with brotherly affection is just the cause of rejection. I think um, the same thought I have to translate to this. Well, I believe that God is enough for me when my affection or love is not reciprocated. So there's a passage that I love coming back to. I pray this a lot. Um, I pray this before I speak. I pray this before I do podcast episodes, before I teach. And I think it's a great place to kind of land the plane on this Mm -hmm. study and just something that we would encourage you to come back to and pray over yourself as you continue to live these things out. And that is Psalm 26, two through three. So I'm going to read it for us. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind for your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. And man, that is just, um, that is something that I come back to often. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's just, a quick, like, yes, mm-hmm. Lord, test me, try me, know my heart, know my thoughts. And, and I'm, wa- and I know that I'm walking in your faithfulness. And so we love that verse. And, and there's something else that we have written kind of just send us out at the end of the study. And um, it's a section in the back of our uh, workbook. And Emily, if you have that handy, do you have that handy? Can you read it for us? Okay. Jesus who knew no sin became sin for us. We can now be ambassadors of reconciliation because of his sacrifice. God is infinitely holy. We can walk strong knowing the Holy Spirit is our helper. Jesus's death gave us new life. We can release condemnation and shame as a child of God as we move forward in faith. God looks at us as a follower of Jesus and no longer sees our sin, but rather the righteousness of Jesus. We can live our abundant life chasing after what brings him the utmost glory. Jesus set the ultimate example of steadfast love in his life, death, and resurrection. We can live on mission for the kingdom of God 
focused on carrying that steadfast love into a broken world. Well, friend, this has been so fun to do together. I can't believe that this is our last session that we're recording together. I'm so excited for everybody to um, to listen and just so hopeful and prayerful for the women that are going to come behind this study and find it and go through it um, with their friends and um, and just dig into that into God's word deeper. And so, thank you for joining me for. Uh, this whole journey. It's been so fun to put together and to get to teach together. And I'm just so thankful for you. Same here. Anytime. It's been a joy. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you need anything from me at all, I'm super easy to find Rebecca Dotson George on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And hey, let's help make it possible for even more listeners to be encouraged by hearing stories of my people doing the thing. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, screenshot the show and share it on your Instagram stories. Oh, and make sure you tag me there so we can connect as well. All right. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And thanks so much for listening to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast.